Aloha mai kāko, o Emily Kia, and you're listening to the Kaula Maika podcast. Hi, I'm Emily. I'm a wife, mother of two, and watercolor artist. As a family, we've decided to speak Hawaiian to each other. That means that over the past three years, I've had to learn Hawaiian at home and in the community. This has been really hard, but also extremely fulfilling, and I want to share my experience with all of you. I know there's moms out there that want to give something similar to their kids and their family, and I know it's possible. Let us help you do it. So today, we wanted to share kind of how Emily has learned, you know, from the beginning until now, because we've shared a little bit about mine my own journey in learning the language. Um, how did that, what were the first few things that you remember doing that you teach yourself? So the first second language I learned was <coughs> Hinigainan. It's a Filipino dialect and I lived in the Philippines for a year and a half uh, learning and speaking it and at the time, one of the biggest things that I did in that time to learn the language was I read the Book of Mormon in Hiligaynon with, along with my English scriptures. Wait, so did you learn it prior or did you, no, you no, just no. go, okay, my so first, that would be the language. beginning. Okay, that was my first second language I learned. So... Well, that's not the first few things. That's months after when you actually get there, but before did you learn it? Okay, and so... And how and what lessons, what exercises did you do in order to learn Okay, so Something. one thing is we read scriptures, scriptures in the Filipino language and scriptures in English. And side by side, because we're familiar with the scriptures, I was familiar with the scriptures. I was able to kind of start to see patterns with the scriptures in the Filipino language. So that was one thing I remember from learning a language. Second of all, we were immersed into the language. So we were put out there and my first... Uh, place that I lived was just everyone spoke this dialect so I didn't have and the person who was there to like help me around and show me the area only spoke the dialect as well so I didn't have a chance to speak English so it was almost like I had to either learn the language or so it was out of desperation out of desperation you yes. had no other option I had no other option thank you <laughs> okay so, those so two things. it was reading you only read and then you just jumped into being immersed. I jumped in and I would add two. one more. I had with me a grammar book that had basic structures of things okay. and like how do you pray and how do you things that would we would probably do a lot as missionaries. So praying for people and teaching them about Jesus Christ and those sorts of things. I had a, a grammar book with how to put those structures together. So I had a little bit of grammar. I was thrown right in and I was reading. And obviously listening, that's part of being thrown all in. And then throughout the day, I had a little uh, notebook with me. And I would just try to write down anything I heard that I didn't understand, which is pretty much everything. But I just, whenever I had a chance, try to write it down. Later, I would ask people who kind of spoke English, like, hey, what was this one? Or even if they didn't speak English, I'd like point to my notebook and say, uh, did you say this word? Um, anyways, so those are things that I did. The first time I learned language. So when we decided that we wanted to learn Hawaiian, I tried to mimic some of those things. So first of all, we decided, like, hey, let's look for scriptures that are in Hawaiian because we're familiar with the scriptures. So that was my idea, at least. I want to see if I can read the scriptures in Hawaiian. 
um, alongside with my English one. That was probably the first couple months. I didn't even last very long doing that, honestly. Um, but that was, that's been helpful because I've continued to occasionally every few times a month. <laughs> Is there a word for less than occasionally? <laughs> I try to read my scriptures in Hawaiian, okay? So that was maybe, okay, so, so I didn't do much that first year. You were learning, you, you did more. Um, we kind of started using bits and pieces here and there. Uh, once we came home and you started learning alongside Tuti. Okay, what have I done? I don't know. When I think about it, I don't feel like I've done much. And now you're nodding your head. Well, if you haven't, then how did you learn it? In the first year, you said it was, we had the one, that one book. We, well, we bought, well, we had the dictionary. Yeah, we had the we dictionary. Had, um, we had some grammar books. Spoken Hawaiian, and we had Ikami Idiokako by Dorothy Kahanamui. Uh-huh. And we bought so books for from physical, the library. So for physical, like, book material, that's what we had. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I just, we just tried to kind of use it the first year. Then the second year, at the start of the second year, I had Pili. And that's, I think, when I really started trying a little bit more. Because <laughs> I, we decided, like, I decided I'm only going to speak Hawaiian to Pili. Thank goodness she was an infant, so there was not much to say to her. But that was kind of like, I put a mental block on my brain that similar to when I was living in the Philippines and I knew no one spoke English so I didn't have the options of that desperation I just told myself like Pili doesn't speak English so if you want to communicate with your child it has to be in Hawaiian and I think that kind of boundary really helped me so whenever and that that time Malu had kind of gotten to a point where he was learning a lot of things speaking in the community so when throughout the day when I would try to say things to Pili and these are like simple things like, what do you say to an infant? Oh, are you okay? Oh, you're cute. Like little, they were little, they weren't even full sentences. When Malu came home, I would ask him, oh, I, I said this, is it right? So I just started trying with Peely at home. And then with you, when you came home, I'd ask you. I want to backtrack a little bit. Okay. Because when you were learning Hedigainan, mm-hmm. you had the scriptures, uh, grammar book, and then you had immersion. Mm-hmm. So that could be three resources. Mm-hmm. Which one was the most effective? Immersion. Okay, second to that. Was there anything? No, it was immersion, and then the other ones were like... And those other books, did you finish them? <laughs> no. Okay. So. Oh, I might add, I did learn that Filipino language within six months. I could pretty much communicate... And then within a year, I could okay. communicate fully. So I did learn that language. Okay. By this is not a plug-in, but in, on Kalala, my Instagram page, I have in my highlights something that talks about building your own community mm-hmm. of speakers. So that could be for people that are just starting today or they're thinking about it, they're not even at that point yet. Or people that have learned before, people that are kind of fluent, mm-hmm. at whatever level. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, well, we've we've done we've listed off a lot of different resources between the two of us. Not mm-hmm. in this, not just in this podcast, this episode specifically. Mm-hmm. But the most effective way, hands down, is immersion. Mm-hmm. So, 
for your own, I guess, community that you had to build with Hawaii because when you come, when you're here, living here, not most everyone speaks English, right? Not a lot of people mm-hmm. speak Hawaiian, so you can't just go down the road, knock on your neighbor's door, and try to learn from him or her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're lucky to find some people in, in you know, within a few miles that, yeah. that speak. And, that have the and then there's the level at which they speak, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And how well they understand the language. So, your what is your own experience with the community that you have been able to build? It has mostly been Peely. <laughs> when you say that, I, when I think about it, I think Peely is like my rock for Hawaiian because... I mean, you're gone most of the days at school and work. It's been Peely and you, okay? Yeah. But, like, Peely in that I practice a whole bunch with her and make all my mistakes with her. Mm-hmm. And then I try to remember all the things I was trying to say to her throughout the day. So when you get home, and, you know, I'm searching. I, I do try to do my own searches, too. Uh, dictionary and... at this, Anyways, when you get home, then I ask all the questions and we work on the language together. So my community really for these past three years has been Pili and you and Alka'ihi that he's joined the family. Well, he isn't really a part of it because he can't speak. <laughs> okay, well, okay, so well, you're kind of, this is kind of a special situation because most people that I talk to, it's just them that are learning it. Mm-hmm. So when they go home, there's no one to speak to. Mm-hmm. They have um, classmates, but I don't know if they're all necessarily very close. Mm-hmm. Um, also, last week, oh no, it was just a few days ago, when I was holding a little group, uh, like a uh, group for you know people to speak and practice Hawaiian, make their Hawaiian a little better. Um, both of them said that you know they didn't have a, at the house to speak with, and their classmates, when class is done, they all speak English. So. Is there anyone outside of your family that's included in that community? Yes. So who are they? Well, I feel like we were trying to do the timeline, so now this is like jumping ahead. But initially it was just the family. And then more recently, the first time, maybe after two years, the first time it was someone else was when I went to visit you at school and we went to visit uh, Tutu Lalena, who is a native speaker from Ni'ihau also. She um, helped to start Punanaleo here on Oahu, or just here in Hawaii. And so that was the first time it was outside of our family. And since then, I've been able to meet Ipo and Kaimehe, someone that you work with, and Kahea, Keoki, and their family. So people that were in your community, you brought me in, and I've gotten to meet other people in the community, which has been extremely helpful. Okay, so if you don't have the option, because being at the house, it's, it is immersion, but it's not immersion in the community. Mm-hmm. So within, I guess, this community that we've, we've kind of made, what's been the most helpful thing in learning or like you would suggest is like the number one thing to do having someone that you can practice with has 
I mean, it's all it's all immersion, but different parts of immersion. Because there's like someone to practice with immersion, there's someone to listen to immersion. You know, it's like all, but it's mm -hmm. all immersion. So, really important, I really think, is this having someone to practice with. I mean, I think it could even be your dog, <laughs> like or a fish. <laughs> I don't know. You could practice. Practicing is really important so that you can just get the words out of your mm -hmm. mouth, get comfortable with speaking. Um, and then second to that would obviously be knowing people that are better than you so you can listen. So practicing speaking and listening, practicing listening, those two are really big. That's what I was gonna add in. Is although you have to, you can practice, but probably listen you have to hear it first at least mm -hmm. i mean you can read it in a book but i remember us re from the books and stuff that we had read through when i try to say it it sounded different from when other people would say it people that were more seasoned speakers mm -hmm. and so yeah. i picked up on that but I, I had never actually heard those sentences yeah. i had only seen them written mm -hmm. um and then listening to um you know native speakers kupuna that had passed on but their you know recordings mm -hmm. are and we still have those. When you hear that, and then you try to practice that way, you kind of yeah. mimic or, yeah. I guess when you're saying this, I feel like all of a sudden, I've really taken for granted having you around. <laughs> but, you know, in all things, you're, you're only going to get as good as, like, uh, the person you're aspiring to be mm -hmm. like. So having you who is aspiring to be, like, a native, a speak as well as a native speaker if possible around and I'm aspiring to be like you well you're all I have to aspire to be right now because <laughs> I don't get out much and then my kids are learning from me so you know you set the bar you set the standard depending on who's like who you bring around you in your community so I guess try to set the standard as high as you can mm -hmm. with what's available but I think you'll find that once you just join the start the journey you'll start meeting people and they'll know people it'll just grow like you met we met kaleo at ulupo just during christmas break once and you like started talking to him about hawaiian and then he had mentioned you can come help and help out there which you did through that connection we got invited to do that program pili mai mm -hmm. which made us brought us even closer to uh, that community we met other people speakers we've spent time with those people mm -hmm. who we've met yeah. and so just starting the journey and you're gonna meet and find other people so I guess it's never to feel like oh well this is all I have like my friend who learned two years in high school that's a start and then you know go from there bring your mm -hmm. friend with you and yeah So essentially, you haven't really taught yourself that much no. on when it comes to like materials, like books oh, and yeah. things. Oh yeah. I so you've kind of re solely relied on. Yeah, I guess this goes into what something I wanted to talk about, which is like learning styles, right? Uh, oh my gosh, I don't know how I made it through college because I really hate studying. Like I can't even remember anything I learned in school, like at all, almost anything sitting and memorizing information and trying to like study just does not work for me and even even like when i'm like molo i need help please sit with me and teach me this thing like you start talking and i'm sorry but after like five seconds my brain just like goes to another place i can't even bring it back 
I just have a really hard time focusing when it's sit down study. Mm-hmm. I'm not it's not been a strength mm-hmm. of mine at all. This is something good to talk about then. Okay. Because uh, well, obviously our styles of learning, specifically Hawaiian, are very different. Mm-hmm. I think I prefer. I mean, I, I prefer more immersion. Mm-hmm. But I do take a lot of time to read yes. old newspapers. I listen to native speakers you weekly. Voice. I record my voice and then I kind of mimic mm-hmm. um, and and tweak it so it sounds more like them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of use a, a barrage of different things, but it, a lot of it, it's just kind of... It's a big word. It's... Um, it's native speaker based Mm -hmm. so that's and that's the goal that I had way a long time ago and that's why my language is kind of going that way Mm -hmm. um and then yours I guess as you're relying on me and Mm -hmm. Pili to be your immersion Mm -hmm. then yours is kind of coming to our level so what I'll say is along with what you're saying with setting the standard or the bar like you're only going to get as good as those that you aspire to and those that you spend time with so you Mm -hmm. only spend time with us so you're so I've, I'm trying to, you know, speak like a native speaker. Mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. And then you're trying to speak to my level. Mm-hmm. Um, then that native speaker level is out of your reach because mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So, yeah, I guess it's really important to just kind of be aware of that, I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah. As I, you're learning. I guess I feel like I'm down on to this, like in all things, but I... Um, you can continually get better. Don't plateau. So, like, even when we were talking about learning the Filipino language, there was a point where I could pretty much communicate. So I didn't, I stopped, like, studying. Like, I, th- I thought I was in the clear. You know, I can get my ideas across. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I really just had plateaued because I just thought, this is good enough. Like, I can understand what they're saying. They understand me. We're good. But still not the level of a native speaker mm-hmm. And so maybe that's what you're trying to say is like, if I ever attain your level, that might be great. But then I need to widen my circle mm-hmm. and start pushing and speaking and learning to be mm-hmm. as good as one day, I hope, a native speaker, not plateauing. So, yeah. So one thing, I guess, that's not worked for me is studying. I'm not that kind of a learner. Even if I do, I forget. So not my favorite things but some things that have been helpful for me and maybe if you're similar to my personality of being all over the place and really busy like I'm really busy I'm not just like sitting around so I pull out a book and start studying I've got two kids running a business and I've got just lots of things on my mind so um things that have been really helpful are one we talked about building having someone to practice with so at home it's Pili and Malu and Kaihi and we spend a lot of time together, so it's just practicing as much as we can. Malu is constantly reminding me to use Hawaiian with him. Um, I don't have a problem using it with my kids because it's still really basic conversation. But like when Malu comes home and I want to talk about his day and all the things I learned and this business thing and that sewing term, like the English starts to come out. And so he constantly has to remind me, okay, my namu oi, and then... You know, we got to pick it up, go slower. So having someone around um, and also that accountability, which kind of leads into the second thing that's been helpful for me is finding a way to make it fun. 
which for me has been Ka'ulumaika and art because it's, well, I love art. So pairing artwork with learning Hawaiian has been incredibly enjoyable for me. So when I'm learning new words or new olalo noel and I try to put it to a picture or I'm writing a children's book and so I have to meet with Kahe to ask her to how she would say certain things or with you, that's been a really big pusher for me because I'm, it's taking my mind off of like just studying period and what am I studying for? Well, I wanna create something with what I'm learning. On top of that, it's made me accountable because when I'm sharing this with the community, I, and especially if I sell something, it's gotta be right. So I feel like I have to check things over and over and over and over again, make sure that it's pa. Then the third thing I would say, which you said earlier when I shared this with you, was not a thing, but I really think that this has been helpful is I've been, I mean, I, I wrote down kind to myself, but maybe it's more so like, I don't, I have a, a childlike personality that I can, I easily get upset, but I easily forgive. I kind of like am able to, what is that? Forgive, get over things, mm -hmm. move on. Yep. So in sense of being like kind to myself, like I've made a whole ton of mistakes, embarrassing, real just dumb mistakes period. But whenever I make a mistake, somehow I'm able to recover. <laughs> recover. Maybe I should stay down longer so I could remember. So but... memory loss is <laughs> helpful. I have a bad memory. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. But I kind of can get over the pain and keep going. And so, and maybe that's just something that is who I am. But on the flip side, I feel like if, if you could think of that for yourself, of being kind to yourself, that you're gonna make mistakes. Or Like I, I met with this one girl at a park once and I heard her speaking Hawaiian, so I went over and I started speaking to her. And one thing she had shared with me was she had tried to do something. She, she wanted to make something using Hawaiian language and she told someone about it who was like a higher level speaker. And he told her like, oh, you can't make that. You're not good enough. To, you don't speak it good enough. You shouldn't be making stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And she told me like that really set her back in wanting to speak and share what she wanted to create. And so similarly, I think no matter what level you are, it's that element of being kind. Like that was great that she wanted to make something in Hawaiian and share it with others. And if there were mistakes, don't give up. Like, okay, accept it, I made a mistake, but then change it, work on it and make it better and then keep going and don't dwell on your mistakes because that's not fun anyways. Like, why would you want to dwell on your mistakes? That's not fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't give you good feelings. Well, I think there's a, an amount of time that you have to dwell on it. Okay, I should, right, I should dwell longer. For me, <laughs> from what I've seen. Because when you do make a lot of mistakes and then you don't correct them, yeah. which is a strength that I have, well, wait, like I'm good at you better learn I, I, I list. I can list all my mistakes in in the one day, and then I conscious consciously try to correct them mm -hmm. and make and and if I said something that was just tra directly translated from English to Hawaiian, then I stop doing that and I try to find a different way around it, mm -hmm. or find a way or learn a way of how to say that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and then if you don't, mm -hmm. right? If you if. So having like the memory loss or whatever you call it, you're not remembering these mistakes that you're making. It prolongs your journey yes. because you're not keeping track of 
I mean, you, there's, there's, you, you can push forward, but if, if your line's all bust all the time and you never fix it, mm-hmm. then that's what it is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It, it never really progresses, and then you get kind of settled with yeah. what, what you have, right? Yeah. And then if you have kids or people that you're trying to teach, they're, they're only going to get up. to that level. Right. So I think that always having that mindset of progression. Yeah. Because this is maybe something to point out. When people say... Um, where did you learn Hawaiian? They're speaking in a past tense as if you've learned everything. You like you've learned arrived. the language, you've mastered the language, mm-hmm. which is not true for especially a second language speaker, but even native speakers in English, unless you are someone that's like a professor, someone that has deeply studied the English language, mm-hmm. none of us are really masters of it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that we don't know about it. Yeah. We know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Right, so I guess informally we're masters of it, but we're not masters of it in consideration of the informal okay. and formal mm-hmm. and yeah. the the why and the how the language works and everything mm-hmm. like that. So um, that's especially applied to second language speakers. Mm-hmm. Is you can't set now you can't ever settle for what you have. Yeah, I think it's healthy to just to continually move the bar. Yeah. Um, to be honest, when I set the goal to, you know, speak like a native speaker, I've not met that bar and it's been over three years. Mm -hmm. And as I talk to professors and teachers that have been learning it for 20 years Mm -hmm. and they haven't hit it, that really has to set in. Mm -hmm. It is not, you're going to spend a year, three, five, ten, and you're done. And you have now learned Mm -hmm. the language, meaning you've mastered it. Yes. A it's a point. it's a life it's a lifetime yes. um, commitment yes. that you're making, which is when you look at uh, just if we look look and think about Hawaiians, um, where all of our time and energy is, and if you look at like the Hawaiian speaking community, it's pretty small, mm-hmm. right? Relative to well, I know a lot more people that are into hula, people mm-hmm. that are in halos, people whose kids and grandkids mm-hmm. are in, right? Yeah. And the Hawaiian language is there, but it's definitely not as as big mm-hmm. of a established. it's not as established for sure right yeah. it's hard to do mm-hmm. and even with hula right it, it's it's a lifetime de- um, commitment yeah. Yeah. people people that are highly committed to hula whether they started as a kid or older and they stick with it until mm-hmm. they pass that's what it is with yeah. Hawaiian language you yeah. it's a lifetime um, commitment that you, yeah. you have to come to realize Mm-hmm. you know come to grips with yeah well and along with that it's I mean the reason why we're learning is so we can use it our whole mm-hmm. lives it's a lifetime commitment in learning and it's also a lifetime commitment in like culture and uh, what's that word if you're doing it <laughs> Pro- performing no 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 uh, when you're when you're living it when you're living it I don't mm-hmm. know I can't I feel like it starts with a P I don't know. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. So I lost my train of thought because I was really trying to think of that word. That was just something that I was thinking about when you were talking about that. When it comes to learning the language, if, if you're just starting or you haven't started yet, it's a it's a commitment that you It's a lifestyle change, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's like if we want to get into shape, yeah. you're going to have to change your diet. You're going to have mm-hmm. to change... Your schedule to make time to exercise. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to be patient. It's not going to be... 
it is not going to be a quick change for sure. Yeah. And like for us, we've had to do a lot of this on our own. So we're trying to develop ways that people who are starting this path can do it quicker mm-hmm. and get further faster. Yeah. Um, but for sure, it's if if you're not if you don't see like the first time you listen to a recording, the first time I did, you're not going to understand like anything, anything for yeah. the first like six months, for the first year maybe. For some people, maybe two years. It depends on how much <laughs> depends, time you put on. Yeah. Right. But you're not going to understand anything. One day, it's just just like with working out. Yeah. Although I quite haven't mastered working out either. But like, one day you're just going to notice. You're going to look in the mirror, or you're going to just notice. Oh wait, I understood that word. Oh hey, I understood that sentence. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to yeah. kind of grow and grow. There's not one moment that I felt like I have arrived, or like, I definitely mm-hmm. day by day feel a little bit more comfortable. Or there's moments where we're like talking, and I realize like man we got it we're no no we got <laughs> okay. it but there's like moments like today it's a piece we were like talking to each other and we were like even kind of arguing a little it's like moments where it's just like coming out and it's flying and you're like oh my gosh i'm like speaking actually speaking i'm actually yeah. like speaking i'm using it not like as a like a i don't know just not like slowly like i'm actually using it to communicate with you we laughed at a joke that you made in hawaiian anyways there's moments but then i meet with like kahe and kyoki and i'm like oh my gosh some of what they're saying is just going right over my head and they're throwing in the T's and his voice is like really soft. And mm-hmm. So, yes, I know 100% I have way further way to go. Did you have something you wanted to say about like this? Yeah, well, uh, in the with that same group that I was, we were kind of, it's our group where we, we called it Hui Valao, where we just kind of strengthen our um, uh-huh. Hawaiian and everything. I told them of my experience of being amongst native speakers mm-hmm. and after the trip I just realized that I'm just a baby mm-hmm. or a toddler in the language because just like you were saying there were so many things that were flying over my head mm-hmm. one because of the speed um, vocabulary mm-hmm. um, the context I didn't know completely mm-hmm. so a lot of things I was missing mm-hmm. but everyone else was getting it all of the native speakers were mm-hmm. were with the the one that was speaking, mm-hmm. um, and that's something that's helped me kind of um, check myself and understand mm-hmm. and, and to really see where I am in my progression of learning mm-hmm. because it's a really it takes a lot of patience and it's really hard to learn a language with no immersion. Yeah. So unfortunately, I mean, we don't really have that option yeah. here. So it's been three, a little over three years for us both, but um, so what I always say is, well, I'm three years old. Uh-huh. You know, so if you think about a three-year-old kid, mm-hmm. I mean, they can speak, but the they can speak a little. It's a little slower. They make mm-hmm. some grammatical mistakes. Their vocabulary is really small, mm-hmm. right? But they're kind of getting the job done. Mm-hmm. But because I haven't been immersed with native speakers, mm-hmm. I'm a little less than a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a makeshift one. But that's kind of a, the idea to think about. So yeah. if I continue this way, if I think about my experience with English, if I compare myself to when I was a kid mm-hmm. to now, I obviously have a, more of a command on the language. Mm-hmm. Or even from my teenage years into my ad- adulthood, yeah. I have a lot of progression there too. Less, so Less pigeon, more English. Yeah. So you have to think about that as well. Of it is it is a lifetime commitment, but mm-hmm. but there is going to come a time where you'll have a mastery of the language mm-hmm. if you consistently study it. So I'm thinking, you know, in another hopefully less than seventeen years, mm-hmm. I'll be a full grown adult. 
<laughs> when it comes to speaking Hawaiian, mm-hmm. right? Okay, only 17 years to go, only so everyone years. stick along with us for but 17 the, years so you can hear yeah. what he sounds like in 17 years. <laughs> but I mean, that's totally true. Like, we're, we're in it for life. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, what did we get into? But we are, we're in it for life. And I wanted to say too, because you mentioned there's no like immersion. You can't like immerse yourself here, unfortunately. And I guess what I mean, like immersion, obviously there's like immersion schools and right. things like that. But, but immersion in the sense that like <laughs> when you fill up your car, your tank of gas, when you go to the store and you're talking to the cashier, when you're cooking, when you you're go to the gym, when you're with when your you friends, whatever it is you do, immersion, not just like in a controlled environment right. or or wherever it is that you have it. But like immersion to in all aspects, yeah. um, which is hard to achieve, but. Just give us 17 years and we might we might have it um right so i think i think uh that was a good covering topic building your community i think was is, a, key. is really key and obviously the takeaway that i'm getting from this is that's really all it's been for me that yeah, i can speak it true. at yeah. all at the level that i can um which if you want to know what that level is and you haven't already seen me speak then go to my instagram and then you can judge me yourself but and then go judge Malu, because then you can see what it, what the difference of studying has been for both of us. But uh, I think building that community is so key. And it's not impossible, even if you think it's mm-hmm. just me. All it takes is two people that want to, or one that's not old enough to choose. <laughs> All it takes is two people to start the journey and build a community and from there you can only grow and get better um and that last thing i really want to reiterate of being kind if you're unable to be kind to yourself maybe if you're one to think a little bit more and longer about your mistakes so you don't make them again that's great but if you're unable to be kind to yourself then find people that will be kind to you and if that's us then please join our community because it is really I think really uh, hindering to have experiences where people aren't lifting you up, especially when it's something like learning Hawaiian, which is a beautiful thing that we all have a right, you know, as Hawaiians that have a right to this language. Mm-hmm. If uh, if you're finding a hard, it hard to be kind to yourself, then find people who will be kind and uplifting to you and help you to keep going because this is really, this is for all of us, this is for you. There's no one who owns this language and can say who can have it and who can't. So that's all for today. Thank you for joining us. And let's talk to you. We'll talk, you'll listen to us talk next time. so much for listening to our podcast we really hope that you found something helpful in the stories that we shared and if you want to reach out to us you can find us on instagram at kaulumaika and at kaalala we would really appreciate a like and subscribe or leave a review if you're feeling up to it until next time aloha a ahui ho.